Hello, hello, hello everybody and happy Friday to you all. Welcome to episode 6 of the YOLO podcast with me, Adrian McMiller. Today I have Justin Long on. He is based in London but from the town, you all know him. He is one of the halfways as well. So I really hope you enjoy it and it is a very interesting episode. And remember, you may love one so keep loving life to a foe. Yes, Adrian, how's it going now? I'm good, how are you keeping? Ah, good, good, keeping busy anyway. Good job, thank you for coming on the YOLO podcast. Nah, no problem at all, eh? thanks for having me on. No bar at all. Justin, tell the listeners a bit about yourself in case they don't know you. Yeah, um, well I'm Justin Long, I'm from Burnfoot, I'm 26 years old. I went to school in Cranach College, the tech, um, in Bunkrana. I'm living in West London now at the minute, um, this last six years. Um, I have two businesses, um, well, two main businesses with my brother, one of them called Linkforce, and we have another property business also. Very good. And come here, what does the term YOLO mean to you, Justin? <laughs> YOLO? <laughs> the, uh, the term YOLO, when, when I first heard YOLO, um, you know, it's usually mad. You know, when someone, whenever you shout that, you usually think, you know, people's up to something they shouldn't be at. Um, there is a few different ways you can look at it. Um, the way I look at it is, you shouldn't hold back on doing something you really want to do in life. Um, I promise this to myself, you know, a good while back, I've seen too many good people getting their life ended way sooner than they needed to. Um, Every day we get out of bed, you know, we should be happy because a lot of the world haven't even got a bed to get out of. Yeah. And I do a lot of stuff too that scares the shit out of me, but, you know, and sometimes you worry what other people thinks, you know, what you're doing and stuff, but who really cares at the end of the day as well? Um, as long as you don't kill anyone or end up in jail, what odds, right? Exactly, and that's what a lot of people worry too, is what odds, thanks, but... Now, fair pity, you don't give a fuck about ours, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> nah, no, you have to be that way because if you didn't tell you, would, you know, there is a lot of people out there that does talk a lot, you know, when you try to take a step in life or do something different, like you are going to get bad feedback, but you just need to prepare yourself for that, yeah. um, you know, and be very cautious just, you know, because a lot of people is a bit rude. Nah. And Justin, who were your business influencers growing up? Um, well, it would be mostly my uncles, um, they all have businesses, you know, um, especially on my mother's side, they, uh, like, she's McDade, obviously, the halfways, oh, so, good you know, there. yeah, that's it, they all did well for themselves, in fairness, like, um, they always, you know, they had lorries and diggers and stuff, but pubs and hotels, you know, they had a lot of stuff and fair play to them too because it takes it takes a lot of balls to get that together and a lot of hard work also like so it is so they would be, you know, the boys that I always sort of looked up to. Um 
but as well as that, until I actually started it myself, I never actually knew how much work was involved in it. You know, it's uh, something, you know, cars and houses and stuff, they come easy, but it doesn't come easy. Yeah. You know, there's and a lot, there's a lot of tough, tough, you know, times too when you're doing it all. Yeah. And Justin, do you have any regrets being your own businessman? Not, not really, no. Don't have any. I'm glad I did it. Like, um, even at the minute, like it's, you know, sometimes you think, ah, oh, you know, should you slow down? Should you stop? You know, and just get a house somewhere and just chill out and, you know, relax yourself. Like, but to me, that's just, you know, a boring life. You know, it's not really. I suppose everyone's different, but to me, I couldn't think of anything worse. You know, it's just too boring for me. I like getting up early in the morning. I like being busy, you know what I mean? You're not clock watching all the time, so that is good. Uh, I like that kind of life too, being busy. I hate, if I don't have something to do, I hate it. Nah, nah, uh, you end up, your head starts to go, you think about too much and stuff. Whenever you're busy all the time, it even helps your mental health as well. Like, yeah, you know, it's, it's good to have goals and, you know, move on and stuff. Definitely. And what's your address outside of the business world, Justin? Outside the business world, Jesus, whenever you're in it, hey, there's not really much things outside it. Um, I used to play a lot of sports, um, you know, soccer, Gaelic, Harley, um, handball. I did everything really, swimming, ice hockey. I used to love ice hockey when I was in Boston. I used to live in Boston when I was younger. We grew up out there until I was 10. Um, I loved ice hockey. It's definitely one of my favourite sports. I'd go right. back. I actually love to come back to it here in London, but it's just very time consuming. Um, it's an expensive sport as well. Probably costs three. Is it? To do. Yeah, it's expensive. Yeah. Is that just like ice skating instead of hockey? Yeah, it's ice skating now. It's, in, uh, it's more or less ice skating, but it's rough. Like, um, yeah. It's a very fast sport. Um, it's good. Uh, it's good even to watch. Like if you can understand the game, it's very good to watch. So it is. Even when I go back out to Boston, I always go to the the greens and stuff and watch them. Like it's a good game. So it is. Brilliant. And come here. Tell the listeners your about your journey and outline how you developed as an entrepreneur. Um, I always knew I wanted to have my own business. Um, I just never really knew what was involved in it and how much it was going to take and when it would happen. Do you know that sort of way? Like, but uh, at the same time, I'll, I'll give you a bit of a breakdown of it. Like, I started working in my uncle's quarry um, when I was about 11. Um, used to do Saturdays, summers, anytime I could get working. It wasn't even for the money. I just loved driving diggers and dumpers and everything about it. Like, you know, there's so much to learn and forklifts. Just, I just loved it. Like. Um, I was there for about three years then, and I went out to Boston. I moved back to Boston when I was 14 in the summer. Um, that was the third year. I tried to leave school, but the principal wouldn't let me leave school because you had to be 16. But I turned 15 that summer and I went out there and had a great time. I couldn't drive machines out there though, because um, I was too young. They wanted me to be 17. So I couldn't get on anything. So I actually went and did like carpentry work. Um, but it was good. I really enjoyed it. Like, and then I had to come back. Then in fourth year, yeah. um, 
and then the principal and I didn't want to come back at all. Like, I just I just didn't like the place and I hated school. It was mostly school I hated. And I was back two weeks and I remember being in school and uh, the, we're in woodwork class and someone had a piece of timber in the bandsaw and it shot up and split the teacher in the back of the head. The teacher? Oh, Jesus. I uh, know. Uh, <laughs> and uh, he turned around to me, blame me for it anyway. But uh, it was probably 95% chance it was me, but it actually wasn't that time. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> the principal came up anyway and he, he told me, this is quite the gate. I said, I'm not going out the gate unless I'm out for good. And he says, if you want to go, he says, out for good. He says, go on the fuck. He says, no problem. I left then. I left, didn't even pick up the stuff. And I uh, landed home then about two o'clock. And I mind going into my mother then, and she said, why the fuck are you home this early? And I says, that's me gone for good. And she didn't believe me anyway, so I didn't go the next day. And she went down to the school and tried to talk them around to it. And they says, no, he's expelled. If he, you know, if he wants to come back, we'll have to put it down in paper. So I was lying around the house then for a week because there's no work that time. And yeah. then me and her found out and she just didn't want me lying about being lazy. and. You know, I, was, I wasn't even 16, I had no job, no education, it was a waste of time. Yeah. So, <laughs> I booked a ticket then for Boston. Um, I didn't even tell her, I just booked it. And I told her then when I had it booked, I says, I'm gone, I'm going back. I says, the boy I worked for has worked for me again. I says, Darren and Brian, my cousin, they were all out there that time. So, I moved back there then and <laughs> after about two weeks, she kept calling me and calling me. and wanted me to come back but I just knew it never would have worked anyway so yeah I left and just I just never bothered going back like um after then when I turned 18 then well I was about 17 and my brother Darren and Brian they left then and went to Australia yeah so then whenever that time I couldn't get a visa for Australia until I was 18 so I had to go out then like a year later I was going to actually set up my own company before I left, but I remember speaking to them and they says, uh, you know, you should travel around before you start that, because once you start that, you're going to be tied down. So I did that then. Um, and you're lucky enough, you had your permanent residence in off our American way, didn't you? Because you were born over there, weren't you? Yeah, yeah, we were born over there. We're citizens there. I so it was handy. Wasn't really an issue either, like. And even the people out there says if you ever come back, you know, your job's here and stuff like that. So there's no major pressure, like. No. Um, so I went out to Australia then, and I got up to the mines then as well. And there's good money and stuff up there. But saying that, like, I was 18, you know, and it's, there's like 3,000 men, you're up in the middle of a desert, you know, and you're just working, like, you get a week off, you get about 10 grand or whatever for doing it, but. I just got sick of it like it was the worst thing ever. It was a jail. That's what it felt like. The mines? Yeah. Ah, uh, the mines. Couldn't. I've seen people up there for six years and I don't even think, like, I went up there for the money because I was young and wanted to do stuff, but they were just up there. They were just brainwashed, like. But I, I, it didn't really occur to me. I thought to myself, I need to get out of here quick. Yeah. So I moved back then to Ireland. Um, I've been traveling around. I didn't really want to go back straight to Boston. Um, so I went back to Ireland. I was sort of sick being away because I was 19 then. Um, and then 
you know when you're gone from your 14 to 19 like I didn't have many teenage years in Ireland so yeah. this is I would just stay there for maybe a year or so before I moved away again but I ended up going to Scotland and Edinburgh I used to work over there two weeks on two weeks off for about eight months yeah and once that job finished then I was like uh, you know I sort of liked it in London I knew that was only like an hour away so I didn't know many people in London or I actually went there for a weekend I hated it yeah but I came back to Ireland and it wasn't working out so I actually just bought a machine I didn't even see the machine it's a 13 ton machine it was 45,000 um I bought that and I just got that wee transit van I took that over from Ireland with few buckets of tools and I got the digger and I came over and tried to get work. I was in a little bed set, it was a wee tiny room um, at the beginning. I was, was in there for like two months. Uh, it was shit. I hated it but uh, it took two months to get work but I got it then. I got a start then and after I got out then I was, I was driving the digger myself. Um, next thing after about two months I met this guy then from the country. He was just starting out yeah. And he, he said to me, he was a quantity surveyor. I didn't have any quantity surveyor like knowledge at that time. You know, those boys like price jobs and stuff. And he came to me and he says, I have a project here for 400,000. Do you want to do it with me? He says, he says, I have it all priced. I know all that end of the contracts. He says, but I don't know anything about the work. Yeah. And I says, well, I know about the work. You know, but I didn't know any of that shit. And we took on the job anyway together. It was, it sort of got us going, so it did, um, it paid us like 130000 that first job, but I sort of worked 14 hours just down there, like it was, I was nervous, you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, it, at the same time, you could have lost the head of it, like it was a big job for me, but it sort of took off from there then. That's brilliant. So it did, yeah. And then how did that end up then? What did that... What was that to start your business? Which business was that to start of? That was a different business. That was, um, that there was JD Group, it was called. Uh, yeah. That was my first business. I had that business for five years. I grew that company the first year I did it. Um, the first year I started, I think I turned over, it was, I think it was like 340 or something. Sorry, Justin, can you repeat that? 300, what, sorry? like 340,000 but yeah. within with about four and a half years we scaled that business then my brother Darren moved over and I stopped actually I only did one project with that first guy yeah and then I called Darren my brother and he was in Australia and I knew he wanted to move away from Australia so he moved back from Australia to London with me also and we went and then we then scaled that company from you know, one digger, two men, two, we had like 63 employees. We had about, um, we had about 600,000. Mm. It all, uh, about two and a half years ago, that all came crashing down on us. It was probably one of the worst experiences in my life. So it was, was it? Like, I, uh, like I heard people on about mental health and stuff before. And I never really knew, you know, I'd just be thinking, what the hell are you on about? Like, I didn't know what mental health was. Do you know what I mean? I never, I never got that, like, mm -hmm. do you know what I mean? But yeah, it was a, it was a pure disaster. So it was, it was, what's that? What happened? 
What, what happened? Um, it was uh, due to a lot of things. Um, we were stretched. Like we used to, you know, we used to stretch cash flow. We took on too big of projects. Um, we probably had people, managers, and uh, working for us that weren't fully, you know, they weren't fully in with it. Uh, you know, I didn't have as much time as what I needed. I stretched myself too far. Darren was stretched. The cash flow was stretched. Um, two people then were working for a boy in Gibraltar. Um, his company, he wouldn't pay us. And it was actually a nightmare to deal with. He owed us like 400 grand. But I, I was already like in my first year. Um, I already did a court case of why didn't pay me a hundred grand. It took me a year and a half to get it back. So yeah. then I knew exactly the process of it. And this happened and I just knew, I just knew I would have pulled out of it for probably four years. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It was, it was due to a lot of things, but like we accomplished a lot of stuff in that company. You know, we've, we've demoed seven story buildings and we put up six story buildings. Um, it was, we learned a lot from it, but we know now, you know, we're a lot smarter now. We're more educated. Um, we're very aware now before we jump into stuff rather than what we would have done before. Like if someone would have came to me with a 20 story building, I would have took it on, you know, no questions asked, that sort of way. Yeah. And how did Dustin, how did you jump back from that massive fall you had? I had, well, it took a while to be honest. Um, I had, whenever that happened, I had debt collectors coming to me, driving after me, putting trackers on my car, stalking me on Snapchat, Facebook, Instagram. Um, I had people coming to my house. It was a fucking nightmare. Um, it, was, it was bad. I remember actually sleeping in the car two or three nights. It was that bad at one point, but uh, I just had to turn into a ghost for a while, yeah. just for my, for my own fucking health. But uh, we got around it then. I, I went away for about three months. I went back to Ireland for, I would say, two months, not even two months, actually. It was about three weeks. I didn't really know what I was doing that time. I remember speaking to my Uncle Lawrence. Um, he knew I was in a bad way. You know, and he, I remember him telling me, I was, he picked me up in the Jeep. I remember him telling me, like, he just said, don't make any rash decisions now because you're not in a, you know, right frame of mind. Yeah. But sure, surely to God, I went over to Magaluf and all these places in Spain and I was going to buy a bar and never come back. And I went out there for five days and uh, I just chilled out and I was looking at places. And then I just thought to myself, what the hell am I doing here? Um, but then I, I came back into London. Um, I just kept I got stuck in the work again, straight away, um, yeah. just to keep me busy, you know, to keep the head right. And then I had to go to the suppliers then that I owed money to. Um, a lot of the people, I knew a lot of the people as well. Some of them were very bad to me and some of them were extremely good to me. Um, I worked out payment plans of how I was going to pay them back. And I just started, I just started working as hard as I ever did, really, day and night, to make everything paid back. And after about a, a year and a half, I'd say, we had everyone paid back. Um, 
we have over a million pounds now in property, well over a million pounds, and we're aiming for turning over five million this year. We have about 105 employees, and we have about six people in the office. That's brilliant. That's some change, and that's inspiring. Yeah, or in two people. and a half years, uh, yeah. so it is. So. If you would have told me that in two and a half years ago, I would have told you you're mad, you know what I mean? But I never really tried to jump to that, I think. I sat down and worked out how much I needed to make. I didn't really look at the bill. The bill was well over 300,000. As soon as I was counting it up, it got to 300,000. I just stopped counting. I was like, this is a disaster. But it was, once you work it out, then how much you need to make a week, how much you need to pay him back. You know, break it down into smaller amounts. You're thinking, right, I can do it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I knew I could do it anyway. It was just, you know, whenever you have bad vibes, people calling you up, asking you for money, you know what I mean? It's all a mindset game. If you keep your mindset right, you can achieve anything. Definitely. I agree with you there. So it is. So, yeah, you just need to look after yourself too. Like, don't be worrying about what other people think. Like, you know, yeah. the amount of shit I heard people talking about me that time, and now I'm out of it. And now a lot of them trying to be my friend again, and I'm just like, you know, I heard all the stuff you said about me when I was down, and you don't yeah. even want a part of them, like. Yeah, and you know what? I'm glad you actually went to talk about that because I actually never talked about financial stuff in this podcast yet, and that's one of the things I actually was planning to discuss on get somebody to talk about, so it's brilliant you opened well, up. Well, a lot of people's not going to talk about that, really. Like, yeah. <laughs> if you would have done this year ago, I probably still wouldn't have talked about it. Yeah. I never actually even said anything on social media about this. A few people know about it. Probably not everyone, but I think I went to a few people that time that went bankrupt that I knew of. Yeah. And I used to see them, how well they're doing. Do you know what I mean? They might have went bankrupt 10 years ago and now they're worth a fortune. Do you know, that sort of showed me, right, I can do it too. If they yeah. did it, I can do it. So yeah. if someone else is in a bit of a crisis, like, you know what I mean? And they need help or need advice, I would definitely want them to come to me. You know what I mean? I yeah. Because I know exactly what, what it's, how bad it is. Like. Yeah. And Justin, if you were... What would you say to a younger individual if they're struggling through the stage of their life, be it emotionally, professionally, or socially? Um, that is a bit of a tough one. Um, if it's like, if you're, it depends what you're struggling with. Like, if it's emotionally, always look after yourself. Like, if you need help, go out and get it. Um, you know, talk to people. Sometimes you think talking to someone's going to be so much better. You know, but once you get it off your chest, it's like someone lifted a big weight off your chest, you know what I mean? You feel so much better to see it. And it actually not bad then. Yeah. I'd say you noticed that too, if you're a problem. Ah, oh, I did. I had to talk to people. So yeah. that I needed to I'm not really person or talking about problems, but that was, I needed help there. Like, and I yeah. was lucky enough to like, you know, like my uncles, they went through plenty of shit, do you know what I mean? They, they've been around a lot longer than me, they know way more than me. Yeah. And I had people giving me good enough advice. Yeah. So it's good that way, like. Yeah. And then what about professionally? How would you get through? How would you get through to what would your advice be to a younger individual professionally? Professionally, um, 
what do you mean by professionally? Like, suppose you could talk about your experience that happened to you, like how you would at some point individual, like if you're um, like starting up or afraid of doing something or right, struggling right. with the business or something like that. Yeah, I'm struggling with a business. If you're struggling with a business, don't feel bad about it. Um, that's something I used to do. I used to feel bad about it, but when you sit back and think, right, you business teachers in the school, they're on whatever amount of salary. They're teaching you business. If they were any sort of entrepreneur, why the hell would they be teaching in the school? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You don't get that, you don't get that, you know, the right people. Like, school is just a brainwashing facility to me. I just hate school. I'm not the best person to talk to about that. Yeah. But, uh, like there's a lot of people out there whether it's construction you know makeup artists i don't know whatever you want to do there's people everywhere you look like even now on instagram facebook you know social media platforms go to someone that's no don't go to these boys like crypto traders and stuff they message you oh give me 500 pound i'll make you 10 grand a week like they're just god shites you can't you know those guys don't take advice from them or the Um, influencers like the Geordie Shore ones and all you know where you see them on Instagram but they're not really like those boys and girls or whatever like they're on on those TV shows and stuff they they might have got there they've done well fair play to them and stuff but what real talent do they have do you know what I mean yeah they're not really like some of them are very decent and they get a tough time as well Mm-hmm. really be spanking them but you know if you're trying to I suppose it's different ways of looking at things I'm not really an influencer um, so I couldn't really give advice on that like but a lot of those people I think you know they'd be out on boats they'd be out on big fancy hotels they drive these cars but if you actually look into those people they haven't much money you know what i mean they're driving around in a sponsored car they're getting hotel sponsored they're getting this that and other and then there's other younger people getting depressed about it yeah they think you know what i mean it's it's a bit unfair so it is and then there's you know people when they posting pictures and stuff it's about you need to know how to work the platforms i think what's ventures planned in the next few years um, yeah, we have one. Um, we have one planned. We were just about to sort of launch it, but never fell through. Then COVID came and sort of fucked it up. But it's actually going to, I would say, it'll go like three times better now because of COVID. Yeah. Um, it's another property business. It's not really the exact same thing. It's more of a repo rescue type stuff. Um, we sort of got the idea from ourselves whenever we went bankrupt um, we're obviously set up now with the bank so say if someone's going into repossession and they needed money do you know and they had like a certain amount of assets we go in and we could buy the assets off them and then say if they were getting the bank was taking the assets off them and then they're going to be left on the street with no money yeah. we could work out a deal with them so I just with a house that again, just... yeah I'll say so <clears throat> we could work out a deal with them you know, say if they were getting something repossessed, like their house, their car, whatever it is. Yeah. We could we could do a deal with them on the house, the car, and give them like so much rent or find them a new place for two or three years until they get on their feet again. Right. 
it's it's a tricky business, but we're set up for it. But they're just it's it can't actually start now until next year because of COVID. Aye, but that will, as you said, that will be a great advantage to you because of COVID. And a lot of people have gone into. Uh, it will, but at the same time, I've been through it myself, and I wouldn't wish bankruptcy on my worst enemy. And yeah. That is no joke. But at the same time, if you can go in and help someone out and stuff, and they're happy, and if they were going to lose everything, and you can supply them a house, you know, and sort them out, benefit them that way, yeah, for sure, I'd we, rather do that. We'd look at it, and that's a great. That'd be a very rewarding business too, and see. Yeah, it is. Uh, definitely is. Uh, Great job. And John, so tell me, what was the most memorable experience of your life? Um, Jesus, I have a few. I, so I do. Hmm. I've been around the place, like I've been to about 95 cities across the world. Do you know about 15 countries? Yeah. Um, but I would say the main one, I went to uh, Fifi Island, so I did. Um, do you know in Thailand? Oh, yeah, class. Yeah, it's a nice place, eh? I went there and me and a boy from Dublin, um, we went out, we went out in the boat, we were doing the diving, it was my first time diving, I was a good swimmer, he said he could swim, but we went out, there was the diving instructor, he was actually from Port Salon, he lived in Fifi Island, I found that very weird, uh, but he, he was out there, yeah, yeah. Hello? yeah, I can hear you, can you hear me? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so he was from Port Salon. Um, so we were going out in the boat and we were both hung over as well. We were out the night before and next thing, your boy was talking about us, on about equalizing and how to hook the tanks up and all this. We weren't even listening to him and he was talking about sharks and all these types of fish. Yeah. We didn't even, I just thought he mentioned sharks to try and get our attention, but little did I know, we got on the suits anyway when we got out and got the tank. We got, we jumped off anyway, and he was showing us something about a leader, you know, how to dive a little bit. Yeah. And I remember swimming in here, and this shark came up beside me. It was only, it was, it was small. It was about seven foot. So it yeah. is. Sorry, what happened to this seven foot shark? Yes, so it was big. So it was, but, um, no, sorry, my phone is ringing there. But uh, yeah, we got in beside it and it swam up beside me. And then um, it scared the absolute shit out of me. But we were down then anyway. The, the boy we made Dublin, he couldn't even swim. We were down then, I think it was 35 feet underwater. And he was fed up. The instructor was dragging him around. He couldn't swim. And I was there and he turned around to me and he went, the, you know, the drinking sign? Yeah. And I started laughing, but my my air shot out of my mouth down that deep and uh i was like fuck you know i knew i couldn't hold my breath that long and i started swimming up but the boy seen me the instructor and he started pulling my leg down and held me down because you're supposed to equalize on the way up yeah and then he shoved the, the air back in my mouth and you know to get me oxygen again yeah. And I nearly had the whole tank emptied in about 30 seconds. Do you know, it scared the absolute life out of me, so it did. Yeah. I never dove since, but it was, it was good. Like, there was snakes everything in the water. Like, it's, it's a funny memory to have, but I scary died. one too. I would have died. You, I'm, I'm, I shut myself if I even see a fish. 
Uh, no, fish I... wouldn't bother me too much now. Even dolphins, I swam with dolphins and stuff before, but sharks is a no no. <laughs> no, day you're facing a shark. Nah, no way. Well, brilliant, Justin. That'll do us for today's. But thank you very much for coming on. Thanks for having me on too, and fair play to you too on setting it up and stuff. It, it takes a lot of balls. You know, a lot of people talk about stuff, this, that, and other, like, but you know, it's only small minded people just remember that, talk that stuff. Like, anyone that's big and successful and well above your level, they don't they don't say nothing because they know how hard it is to get where you want to be. Like, so keep it up anyway, and I hope you get on very well with it. Brilliant. Thanks very much, Justin. Good man. No bother, Adrian. Yeah. Thanks. I'll let you get back to your work. Chat to you later. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That's it for today, folks. I really, really hope you enjoyed the interview with Justin. And we have two more episodes left, and then that will be our season one complete. So I hope you're enjoying the YOLO podcast so far and please, please, please let me know any feedback you have and share away to your stories and tag us on the YOLO podcast and thank you so much for the support since I started. I really, really appreciate it and thank you to all our special guests also to come on. It takes balls to come on and you are doing it. So thank you and thank you for all the support as well. Really appreciate it.